it's Monday, and that so happens to be the day that I like to talk about monsters. Hello, everybody. I am Jeff Arbuckle, and this is Monster Mondays, presented to you by Film Seizure. This week, I have 1972's Night of the Lepus. Now, what is a lepus? Well, lepus is the scientific name for the common rabbit. Um, originally, MGM was going to release this movie as rabbits, but then thought, hmm people like rabbits maybe maybe it's not a good idea for our giant monster movie to be named after something cuddly and cute that little kids like uh this was directed by uh william f claxton produced by ac lyles and both of these people were really kind of better known for working in westerns claxton had done episodes of bonanza and various other westerns like that on tv um lyles this was his only foray into anything uh science fiction or anything like that he was he mostly kept to westerns which kind of makes sense because if we look at the people who are in this movie uh we have Stuart whitman as our lead he was um mostly known for doing war movies but he had done some westerns as well um then of course you have rory calhoun which with a name like that i mean come on he's got to be in a bunch of westerns right um interesting thing about rory calhoun before he got into acting when he was a teenager and in his early 20s he was actually um a, a kind of a career criminal uh, he did a lot of jewelry, jewelry store heists and things like that. Um, he, I think he spent some time in jail. I think he maybe even killed somebody, but I, I'm not, I may be misremembering my facts there about him. But he certainly was a relatively hardened criminal, having done jewel heists and various other like robberies and things like that. Um, and then uh, the, the next most notable person in this is DeForest Kelly. Of course, he's... Dr. McCoy from Star Trek, but prior to being Dr. McCoy and even during that time, uh, he was in a lot of Westerns. Um, actually, more people would probably know him as being more of a, um, of a Western person than actually Star Trek uh, back then, at least. Um, and then, of course, uh, we have Janet Lee playing Stuart Whitman's wife in this um, naturally she's best known for psycho um she's also the mother of jamie lee curtis um so you know this is actually seemingly something that mgm was really trying to uh push a lot of uh big names or at least recognizable names um they were really trying to i think make an honest attempt at a at a successful monster movie I'll talk a little bit more about the monster movie element of it a little bit later. Um, but this is based on a 1964 Australian sci-fi novel called The Year of the Angry Rabbit. Now, it's a pulp narrative, um, but there's a lot of satire in there about capitalism, nationalism, and war. Um, and Night of the Lepus really plays this movie, or really plays the story very, very straight. And, and takes out all of the satirical winks and nods of the novel. And uh, as I had mentioned, 
you know, they're, they're really trying to kind of cash in on a movie monster sort of situation. And that is absolutely the case with the beginning of this movie. Uh, it begins very similarly to 50 sci-fi movies where there is a news report, almost documentary style, where somebody is explaining basically the premise of our movie, talking about the uh, rabbit plagues of Australia uh, in the... Uh, 50s that uh, created all sorts of problems for farmers and for uh, cattle people. You know, rabbits were taken from uh, other parts of the world and put into Australia, which created havoc on their ecosystem. Um, so it then transitions into our story where um, we have DeForest Kelly talking with Rory Calhoun. Um, Rory Calhoun is frustrated because, um, you know, he's got this rabbit problem on his ranch. He's, uh, he's got cattle, um, he's got farmland, he's got, you know, and, and rabbits mess up a lot of that stuff. Rabbits and other varmints um, are known to be exceptionally problematic on uh, farms and ranches. They scare horses, they spook cows, they, um, they eat plants, uh, or they eat crops and stuff like that. So it's, and of course, when you eat certain plants, you're also taking away food from naturally grazing cows, uh, your horses, and so forth. So they're a real problem. Now, the thing is, is that Rory Calhoun does not want to poison and put out uh, arsenic for the rabbits to eat. And the reason for that is, is that if he does that, there are multiple problems that will happen. First, uh, it's going to affect the birds that will ultimately scavenge on the dead rabbits. Uh, it's also going to have an effect on the, uh, on, on the crops and the grass and the various things that, that his cattle is going to feed on. And if he does that, then he's going to have to take his cows to market at the worst time of year, which uh, is, of course, economically troubling for him. So he, he is doing the right thing and saying, what's the best way to get rid of these things without me killing them and wrecking the ecosystem and in turn wrecking my, uh, you know, my economic situation with my cattle and so forth. So DeForest Kelly says, Hey, there's this couple that's coming in. Uh, it's kind of an exchange program. They're looking at ways to, um, kill and, and reduce the population of insects that could be dangerous to crops and so forth um, without using poisons or without using insecticides, stuff like that. Um, let's see if they have any ideas of how they might be able to help control the, the rabbit population. So Stuart Whitman and Janet Lee are a married couple of um, essentially geneticists, I guess. Um, and they pick up some of the rabbits and they decide that they're going to find ways to alter their hormones um, as, as Janet Lee kind of explains to their daughter in this movie that if they can make uh, Jack a little bit more like Jill and Jill a little bit more like Jack, then they will reproduce less. So basically they're going to tamper with their hormones to essentially uh, prevent them from breeding, well, like rabbits. So they they start injecting these rabbits they have they have uh, a set of controlled ra uh, control rabbits and, and a set of the tested on rabbits um, the daughter in particular kind of takes the one of the rabbits and um, she asks to keep one of them but she kind of tricks her parents by switching one of the control rabbits with the one that she likes that's already been injected 
And when she says, that's my favorite one, they think it's one of the control rabbits because guess what? Most of these rabbits look the same. <laughs> um, so she ends up taking the rabbit and um, Rory Calhoun's son is like, wants to, you know, they're going to be friends. Like the, the, little, the little boy and the little girl are going to be friends, but she has this rabbit and he's like, um, hey, I'm not going to be your friend if you keep this rabbit around. This, this rabbit has, you know, killed my horse. It killed, um, you know, it's given my dad all sorts of problems and headaches. So, no, I don't, I don't want, I'm not going to be your friend if you keep that rabbit. And he actually kind of, uh, like, takes it from her and knocks it out of her hand or something. And it runs off. Well, the problem is, is that the whole way that this hormone was supposed to work was that if you have injected rabbits and you release them into the wild, they are going to infect the other rabbits, thus spreading this without having to inject possibly tens of thousands of rabbits. So uh, right after that, we find out that the hormone isn't actually changing their sex drive, it's changing their size. Rabbits are getting bigger. The baby rabbits are bigger than the parents within just weeks basically or within just uh, days rather so um the problem is is that uh the daughter had one of the injected rabbits it spreads this hormone to the others and all of a sudden now you have gigantic rabbits and they start rampaging through the town and uh, at this point in time it becomes uh, relatively uh similar to the idea of it being kind of like a, a 50s monster movie where uh, these rabbits, because rabbits kind of do this, are mostly nocturnal. So you have attack scenes at night and then the next day you have the characters trying to figure out what exactly happened, where are the rabbits moving to, where are they uh, basically migrating and stuff like that. So it really kind of takes on that, that uh, personality of a 50s movie where you have people who are scientists uh, basically kind of trying to solve the problem for everybody. Uh, Stuart Whitman at one point is bossing around the cops. You know, um, DeForest Kelly, who's also, I think, a, a scientist or at least a professor or something, he's, um, you know, he's kind of promoted to a big wig in this town to help get rid of these giant rabbits. Uh, but you know, you get a lot of close-ups of, of rabbits. Uh, you get a lot of far-away shots of, of giant rabbits running through miniatures and stuff like that. Um, and it's just, it's basically very formulaic at that point. You have nighttime attacks, daytime trying to figure out how to stop the, the creatures. Eventually, uh, Stuart Whitman decides, uh, well, if we had time to build a fence, that would be great. Because typically when there's an overrun of rabbits, um, the humane way to capture them uh, without poisoning them or anything like that is to erect these fences that basically uh, limit their, their ability to move and it, it, or from move from one place to another. So, you know, basically they, the idea of, well, you know, that's typically how we do this, but we don't have time to build a fence. So let's instead uh, create an electrified fence to electrocute them. And they work with the uh, railroad, uh, railroad company to basically um, get rid of a, of a train that is currently on the tracks. And then they're going to electrify the tracks. And sure enough, that wipes out all of these giant 
uh, bunnies. We get to watch all of these bunnies get electrocuted. Not really, but it looks like they are. And uh, if, if anybody took their kids to see this movie, I bet those kids are traumatized now. Let's get to my three things I like about this movie. Uh, first and foremost, I mean, the bunnies are cute. I mean, come on. One of the biggest uh, critiques about this movie uh, back then and even uh, present day uh, reevaluations, the, the movie is um, tries very, very hard to make these rabbits look scary and imposing. <laughs> They're just giant. They're just bunnies running across a miniature set. Um, and it, it's it's kind of cute. I mean, yes, they're a problem. And yes, they're killing people. And yes, you don't want the bunnies killing people and wrecking towns and stuff. But it's kind of funny how it ends up uh, creating this... Uh, this really kind of cute atmosphere of these bunnies just kind of running in slow motion to make it look like they're weightier and that they're, you know, that they're more monstrous uh, through these miniature streets and knocking over buildings and stuff like that. It's, it's charming as hell. Um, number two, it, it's, there's a real sense of this movie trying to have a message. A lot of monster movies um, or a lot of these types of science fiction types of movies where um, there's a very realistic problem being discussed and being presented here. Uh, with Godzilla, it's the idea of nuclear uh, proliferation. With, um, uh, with a movie like this or a movie like, say, uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still, it's the idea of, of people being... Um, more likely to destroy themselves than to be able to really kind of progress as a as a species well with this there's a discussion of overpopulation and ecology and you know just a few episodes ago i talked about ecology and how it played a really important part in another movie and it's it's the same idea here it's the idea of when there's an overpopulation of anything it can wreck the the ecology of a region or of a country, like in the case of taking rabbits to Australia, that was a very bad idea. It wrecked the ecology of Australia and something that they had to deal with for decades. Um, so uh, it, it really has something to say about overpopulation. And multiple times throughout this movie, it's talking about you can't kill this without it affecting this. Like I said, if you kill the bunnies with poison, when the birds come to scavenge, uh, you know, to, to basically, as the scavengers come along, whether it's birds or anything else, now they're going to be poisoned. When they start dying, other things like bugs or snakes or whatever are going to become overpopulated. When you remove any population totally from a region, it upsets the balance of things. Now, there is a real human concern there, too, because with humans, uh, when you're ranchers, um, you know, that's and when you're farmers and stuff like that, these are things that, that feed other humans all over the country and possibly all over the world in some circumstances. So, you know, while, yes, we don't want to necessarily kill the rabbits, <laughs> we, we can't do something without... Um, you know, we also have to keep in mind that there is a certain survival of our species and our ability to successfully live on the earth. Now, with that comes my third like, which is this movie plays it straight. Um, a lot of people in retrospective reviews over the last 
10, 15 years or so have talked about how this movie is very um, campy. I don't agree with that whatsoever. I think this movie could have benefited from more camp, but this movie desperately wanted to be just as serious or takes itself just as serious as movies from the 50s, uh, the monster movies of the 50s that were you know really trying to send out a message but really you know science is the key to everything and and lifting up the scientists as the heroes not the military not the um you know not the not the cowboy uh or anything like that it's everybody else is looking to science to solve their problems which is fine and there's a charm to that as well the problem is this movie came out about 15 years too late, <laughs> um, which meant that now, you know, this movie kind of takes itself a little bit too seriously. Now, I know I'm critiquing this movie, but it's this is a third like because I really do still find that there is a charm to this movie trying to take it seriously and really trying to say people can be better than just laying out arsenic for for varmints that will ultimately wreck other parts of the ecology um because you know, it, it really is trying to say something that's a little bit more environmental which one of the things that the movie really was praised for both contemporarily and more retrospectively is the fact that yeah overpopulation was a very big concern and has been for 60 years the concern of how are we going to feed our race and our species while we're overpopulating and how do we deal with other species that uh kind of get in the way of our livelihood and our business so it really is speaking to something that is very very current at that time and something that was some that was on people's minds in the early 70s all right, so that wraps up this week's Monster Mondays. Now, don't forget to check out new episodes of Film Seizure every Wednesday morning and new installments of Monster Mondays each Monday afternoon on FilmSeizure.com. You can also find these shows uh, places where other podcasts are found, like uh, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and Audible. And just go out there and Google uh, Film Seizure or Monster Mondays or Monster Mondays Film Seizure, whatever. You can do that. Um, by the way, you can also do that on Facebook and Twitter to follow us uh, by searching for Film Seizure. Find us on there. Follow us. Uh, connect with us. We like to uh, hear from people who like our stuff. So please do that. Also, while you're at it, head on over to my website, bmovieenema.com. I put out new text articles and reviews each and every Friday morning. You can also uh, follow B-Movie Enema on Facebook and Twitter by searching for B-Movie Enema. And while you're at it, you can go over to YouTube, search for B-Movie Enema, and subscribe to the channel that I have there for B-Movie Enema. You can find episodes of my movie hosting show as we get ready for season number two, which is starting this September. So until next week, stay spooky.